You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com or call into the show, 405-362-7128, 7128 leave a voicemail for a voicemail episode. Give me your takes, your questions, your comments, your excitement about today's show, which includes us talking not only about the NBA Draft Big Board, but also about the Rockets being a total disaster and Daryl Morey stepping down as Rockets GM and the Clippers hiring Ty Lue. I said yesterday we were going to bang out the rest of this NBA Draft Big Board unless something crazy happened, and then something crazy did happen. So the draft board still happens at the end of the show, but of course we don't have enough time to get through the rest of the names as we're only on, uh, I believe, 16 in this, uh, 17 in the NBA draft big board. But we start with Daryl Morey. That is the biggest story of the last 24 hours. Late yesterday, or, or excuse me, early yesterday afternoon, Daryl Morey stepped down as GM per Woj of ESPN. And this has so many layers to unfold, right? And I am sure that after I get done recording this and after this goes live, I will remember something I forgot to touch on because there's just so much to unpack here. But the main thing is you have to be excited. And how many times have I said that on this show the last few days about moves that have happened? It is true. It is an exciting time to be a Thunder fan, especially after Daryl Morey steps down as Rockets GM. Here's why. The Thunder own Houston's 2024 and 2026 picks. They also have the right to pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. So this sends Houston into a spiral now. They have no head coach. They have no GM. They have bad ownership. What do you do from here? They have a core that's not good enough to win anything, but that you're locked into. What do you do from here? Because if the answer is rebuild, which is clear this core is not good enough to win, it's clear your number two piece in this core is a regressing guy on the wrong side of 30 who relies on his athleticism and has shrunk in the playoffs every single year for the past four years. It's true that rebuilding is probably your best option. You will now rebuild not only with a lesser GM, because there's not another Daryl Morey, love him or hate him, there's not another Daryl Morey on the streets right now that you can go and hire. There's just not. You will be getting a lesser GM. You'll be doing it with the new head coach. And you'll be doing it while doubling the chances that the, that the Thunder have at the top pick. You can't tank. Especially not this year. And you can't be tanking in 2025 because, again, you double the chances Oklahoma City gets that top pick. So what do you do from here? And this has the chance to be a disaster for Houston. And I think it will be a disaster for Houston. Jackson Gatlin of Lockdown Rockets openly said, 
this organization in Houston gets worse without Daryl Morey. And I believe him. You're on the precipice of hiring Jeff Van Gundy, which I said earlier this week was already the icing on the cake for Thunder fans. This is now putting a cherry on top of that. This is a cherry on top that Daryl Morey has stepped down as Rockets GM. This is phenomenal news. He can't wiggle his way out of this one right here. And I think in a year's time, it is very realistic to think that James Harden demands a trade. I believe in a year's time, James Harden becomes disgruntled. Because if they do hire Jeff Van Gundy, what we've heard from Jeff Van Gundy is how much he hates basketball nowadays, how much he hates the modern style, how much he hates specifically James Harden's play style. And James Harden is not going to change for anyone. You've got to let James Harden be James Harden. So you mix that and couple it with putting him with a bad coach, putting him with a coach who wants to change him, who he doesn't agree with and align with, putting him next to Russell Westbrook, although is his best friend, that pairing is not going to work. And you can say it's because of you know the injury to the quad. You can say it's because of the COVID, that Russell Westbrook had COVID and couldn't recover in time. Those are two valid excuses for, for Russell Westbrook. But eventually, the, exclu- the, the excuses have to stop for Russell Westbrook. Now, I think that they should give it one more year, and they are going to give it one more year. They have to give it one more year. But, make no mistake about it, that pairing is not good enough. It's just not. The role players are not good enough. Jeff Green is possibly leaving this offseason. In fact, it's looking more and more likely that Jeff Green, who was a key piece in beating the Thunder in that first-round series, is going to leave. Who was a key piece in that Houston season is going to leave. This could not have gone any better for Oklahoma City. Since the day that they made their trades, since last offseason, this calendar year could not have gone any better for Oklahoma City. You trade your fan favorite, the pillar of your franchise in in Russell Westbrook. You trade him for a contract that on the surface a year ago looked like the worst contract in sports. You traded him for a guy who looked unmovable. It looked like you would not get any assets back from him. In fact, it looked like you'd have to give up assets to move on from Chris Paul. Instead, now, you're going to trade Chris Paul for assets, and it looks like Houston, if they want to move on from Russell Westbrook, will not get any assets, and they'll have to attach assets that they don't have to get rid of uh, Russell Westbrook. You've done a full 180 on that trade. You are the absolute clear winners of that trade. You trade Paul George, an all-star, the, the one all-star who re-ups with you, not named Russell Westbrook, the one all-star who re-signs with you, you trade him a year into that new contract, and you get back a piece of your core, a piece of your next championship core. At worst, your number two player when this team is going to win a title. For Paul George, who is disgruntled, you got historic draft capital, you got Gallinari, who not only had a great season for you this year, but it's looking more and more likely he'll have to do a sign and trade to get where he wants to go, and you will get assets back for him as well. The last year could not have gone any better for Sam Presti and the Thunder organization. You still, in Oklahoma City, are not done compiling your assets yet. You still are going to flip Chris Paul. You're still going to possibly sign and trade Gallinari. You're still going to possibly... Flip Dennis Schroeder. You're still going to possibly trade Steven Adams. 
And by the way, in the Western Conference, in which everyone looks to try to compete next year, you've put yourself in prime position to get Cade Cunningham in next year's class, the best player in that class. And in the meantime, two teams in which viewed you as the sole cause for putting them in championship contention, the Clippers and the Rockets, have both fallen apart. They are both in shambles today as we wait out this next year. They both have so much on the line in a wacky season that we don't know when we'll start, we don't know when we'll end, and we don't know the parameters of this season. They both have no direction. Houston more so than L.A., but what happens if Paul George and Kawhi leave? Heck, they might even trade Paul George this offseason. So what happens if just Kawhi leaves in free agency in 2021? For Houston, you're going to hire a bad coach and Jeff Van Gundy, that's clear. You're going to hire a worse GM than Daryl Morey. For what? With already a bad core. With already a core that was going to be hard to work around anyway. It was going to be incredibly hard to move off of Russell Westbrook's contract. And now, one of the first tasks of this next GM is going to be to get the best package available for Russell Westbrook. Who do you have faith in doing that? Daryl Morey or an unproven GM? Who do you have faith in a year's time when James Harden wants out to move James Harden for the best package available? Daryl Morey or an unproven GM? Who do you have faith in moving forward with the organization? Jeff Van Gundy or Ty Lue? Jeff Van Gundy, one of the top coaching candidates. Hiring Van Gundy was already a victory lap for the Thunder earlier this week. Just the possibility of them hiring Van Gundy. Now, the Houston Rockets have doubled down and they've let Daryl Morey step down. And we'll dive into what might have gone in to that decision after the break. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. So I do want to dive into what could have possibly caused Daryl Morey to step down. And look, Daryl Morey, very vocal guy, as you all know. He's a very vocal guy. So I imagine we'll get this answer sooner than later from Daryl Morey himself. But from the outside looking in, I don't think it's about China. I really don't. And here's why. I know that's the easy answer. The easy answer is, oh, well, well, Tillman just got so upset about this China thing that he's filed Daryl Morey. That happened a year ago. And since that happened a year ago, the NBA is back on Chinese television. The NBA has begun to mend those fences in China. The NBA has begun to get their foot back in the door in China. And you let Daryl Morey in on your decision-making process to get your next head coach. You've let Daryl Morey start to dictate the future of this franchise. Literally a day ago, started interviewing head coaches. Was still interviewing head coaches. So, if you were going to fire him about China, what would have happened a long time ago? I don't think this has anything to do with China. I really don't. I think Daryl Morey is a hothead. I think Daryl Morey wanted Ty Lue. Because look, the Rockets, the Rockets roster is what it is. The Rockets roster cannot be changed. The Rockets roster is not good enough. 
The only way you can improve that roster is by getting a better coach and finding a coach who can scheme its way to a better record and have that team playing above, its, above itself and having that team play uh, above its heels and above its pay grade. On paper, this roster's not good enough. In practice with, with Mike Tony's system, this team is not good enough. But maybe a new coach. At that point, you are just throwing darts at a dartboard, but it's your only shot at turning this thing around. It's your only shot at this core working is this coaching hire because you can't improve this team anyway. You can't. You have no future assets. Russell Westbrook is not getting you back. Even the Hall, Chris Paul will get you back, which we're excited about Chris, Call, Chris Paul's um, trade value. And his trade value seems to be a, a first-round pick maybe, Kevin Knox, a flyer prospect. That is excitement for, for me and for Thunder fans. And Russell Westbrook is not even at that level yet. So there's nothing you can do with this core except for nail the coaching hire. And Jeff Van Gundy, who it seems like Tillman is 100% in on, does not nail this coaching hire. And I think that Maury was upset with the fact that Tillman would not go out and hire Ty Lue, would not pay Ty Lue, and instead would want to retread Jeff Van Gundy. It was a terrible coach, an old school coach that would not work in the modern NBA. That's, that's what I think, is that Maury wanted Ty Lue or insert other coach here, and Tillman is all in on Van Gundy. Because quickly after, Daryl Maury steps down as Rackage GM. Ty Lue inks a five-year deal with the Clippers. Chauncey Billups is his lead assistant coach. And I like this hire for the Clippers. This was the hire... That's not, that's the least surprising to me because I called it from the second that Doc Rivers was fired that it's going to be Ty Lue. I don't know what took so long to get Ty Lue in that head coaching chair. It's a good hire. Because it's almost quite the opposite in L.A. There's no scheme for Kawhi. There's no scheme for Paul George not to shrink in the postseason. Really, your coach is a puppet master. Really, your coach is a figurehead in L.A. And so you need a player's coach. You need a coach who can relate to these players, who can keep that locker room in check. I think Ty Lue does that. Nice little player in the NBA, won a championship with LeBron. Look, LeBron probably taught him more than he taught LeBron during their time in Cleveland. And Ty Lue can take that to a locker room that had locker room issues, that had in-house fighting. And he can figure out a way to mend those fences and figure out a way to sing Kumbaya and get that team back on track. Because similarly, what are you going to do with that roster with the Clippers? What's, what's Paul George's trade value right now? I'm tell you what, I'll tell you this much. You're not getting historic draft capital. You're not getting Shea. You're not getting even a Gallinari. What are you going to get for Paul George right now? It seems like that team's going to run it back. And they don't need a, a massive haul of their, of their performances stylistically. They just need to simply have more chemistry. And I understand why some of those role players were mad at Paul George. Why some of those role players called out Paul George for, perform, for his performance. But maybe a stronger locker room helps keep that together. And... You can point to the fact that he was there last year. That's fine. But as we saw with Mo Cheeks, who was an assistant coach for the Thunder, and Russell Westbrook really liked him, 
that does not always mean that you have the same control that a head coach does. It never means that. There's still a head coach for a reason. And I don't think that Kawhi, which is what this is all about, is Kawhi. I don't think that Kawhi needs a raw, raw, hard-nosed coach. I don't think that he needs some gimmicky offense or some gimmicky coach that, that plays a, a gimmicky style of basketball. I think Kawhi simply needs to go out there and play basketball and have the head coach be what Ty Lewis. Just be a, a, a good player's coach. So I like the hire. I do. And we'll see how much of a difference it makes for Ty Lewis to slide over to the next chair. Again, I think this is the best hire you can make. Who's out there right now that you would have rather had for L.A.? Who is out there right now that L.A. would rather have? Who's going to make Paul George not strengthen the postseason? Ty Lewis not going to do that, but neither is anyone else. Paul George is just terrible in the postseason. It is what it is. That's who you settled Kawhi with. That's who Kawhi wanted to be settled with. That's who Kawhi demanded that you trade your future for. And so I like the hire of Ty Lue, but there's still a ton of pressure on Ty Lue and on the Clippers to nail it this season. This offseason is just getting started, and we have not even had the two sides, the PA and the NBA, agree to a CBA yet. That deadline has been extended again, and now that deadline for the new CBA is October 30th. This offseason is just getting started, but yet everything is already going right for Oklahoma City. If you're a Thunder fan, you should be happy today because it's Friday, and everything is going your way. Everything. Daryl Morey steps down. The Clippers still in shambles after their early exit. What could be better than this? Again, if I told you two years ago, you'd need to trade Russell Westbrook, you'd need to trade Paul George after re-signing him. How could you have made this scenario any better? Sam Presti has pulled off an unbelievable feat, and it continues to get better and better, and it's not done yet. He has still got some assets to flip as we move forward in this offseason. And that is so exciting to be a part of. And you should be a part of it too by subscribing to Locked on Thunder, the only podcast about your Oklahoma City Thunder every single day. Coming up, we're still going to dive into the NBA draft big board as we get closer and closer to names who will be around uh, around the same time Oklahoma City makes their selection. And we are back on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about your Oklahoma City Thunder. And it is time to continue to dive into the NBA Draft Big Board. I want to touch on something real quick. Um, yesterday, I was incredibly low on, on Devin Vasile, the wing out of Florida State. And I said on there, I feel like I'm way too low on this guy, but this is what I see. This is what I like and what I don't like from his game. And some people had him in the top 10, had him in the top 5, and I always thought that notion was crazy. Do a quick Twitter search for the last 24 hours for Devin Vassell, because it is not good. And if we were going to do Stock Watch Friday today, his stock would be going down, down, down. He, for some reason, changed a not-broken jump shot. While you have people like Lamella Ball uh, proclaiming they're never going to change their jump shot, which absolutely needs fixing, Devin Vassell has changed what was not broken. A smooth jump shot now looks like he's... Hurling a medicine ball, which is a great analogy that Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer used. It looks like he's just throwing this medicine ball over his head, but it's just a simple, normal-sized basketball. His shot looks so bad right now, and he's just tinkering with stuff, and I don't 
really like it. But what I do like is Desmond Bain. And I have him at number 17. The TCU wing who models his game after Joe Harris. I thought that was interesting whenever we were talking to him. Uh, that, that He said that Joe Harris is someone who he looks at uh, as a way to model his game. And Desmond Bain, the TCU wing, also loves Oklahoma City as a city. Whenever I asked him about if he's talked with Oklahoma City, he says he has interviewed with the Thunder, and he also loves the city of Oklahoma City. And I really like Desmond Bain. I think his three-point shooting is spectacular. 44% from three-point land in college. I love the way that he plays off-ball defense and how smart he is getting in those passing lanes. I question how good he can be in a one-on-one isolated situation. I question how versatile he can be defensively. But off the ball, getting the passing lanes, I like that a lot from him. I love his shot. I love how comfortable he is taking a spot-up shot, taking a shot off the dribble. I really like the way that that he can create a little bit for himself. He's a knockdown shooter who can do it all. He, He can create his own shot a little bit. He can spot up shoot. He can shoot off the dribble. I like that. He's awesome in the pick and roll on both sides, rolling and being the ball handler. Great cutter, great finisher at the rim. I love that. And again, the off ball defense and the intelligence defensively, even in those man-on-man situations, the man-on-man situations in which I I question about how good they can be uh, in the NBA level, uh, he's still very smart and cerebral. And so I think that getting him with some NBA coaching, he still has that upside uh, defensively, but the the real benefit will be that three-point shot, which I think absolutely plays at the next level. I think his three-point shot is incredible. I would love Desmond Bain in Oklahoma City, uh, and we'll see how his draft day goes. We'll see how his draft uh really stock transpires from now until November 5th, November 18th because I can't really get a good read on Desmond Bain. I have him again at 17. I've seen him as low as, as late, late twenties. I've seen him as, as mid twenties and I've seen him in the teens. Like I have him. I, I wonder where Desmond Bain finishes out. And at number 18, I have Nico Mannion. And again, maybe I'm doing the same thing here, right? With here's a guy in Nico Mannion who had a ton of hype in the in, in the preseason, didn't have the college season he wanted, but we couldn't have all been wrong about him. I do think that he will benefit from being in an NBA offense. He will benefit from being around NBA talent. A great playmaker in the pick and roll, a great playmaker in general. I like his shot. I think Nico Mannion could be a a diamond in the rough. I think Nico Mannion is getting passed by a little bit uh, by teams, by the media. I think Nico Mannion, there's a a opportunity for a late lottery team or an early, um, you know, 18, 19, 20, around that range, you know, a playoff type team to capitalize on this and we look back on it and say that was a Tyler Hero-esque pick. Now I don't think he can be as good as Tyler Hero has been this season and as good as I project Tyler Hero to be the rest of his career. I don't think he has Tyler Hero uh, ceiling but he has Tyler Hero's ability in the sense of to impact as a rookie. Nico Mannion really can't play defense. He's not versatile defensively. He can't play it in general. He does not have a good burst off the dribble so he can't 
finish at the rim. He can't blow by people. But I think a lot of those questions go away in the NBA, and he can easily turn into just your shooter and your floor spacer offensively. Liability defensively for sure, but a good playmaker, a great passer, good player in transition. And he tries hard defensively. He's just not good at it. But again, trying hard on defense is half the battle for these guys. But I like his three-point shot. I do. And I think that his, his jump shot itself, the form, translates to the next level. Level, And I might be the only one still this high on Nico Mannion. I'm at 19. No, excuse me, I'm 18. But I still really like what he can do. And I still would, would take that flyer on him if I'm in that range of 19 where I'm a playoff team and looking for people who can make impacts. He can make an impact. So on Monday's show, let's run through 20 through 30, 19 through 30, uh, and get this pick board out of the way. Let's also, on Tuesday, have a mock draft. Let's also, at the end of the week, bring on Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports to talk about this offseason, talk about how the Thunder can navigate this offseason, continue to win the offseason. They've already won the offseason to begin with, with the Rockets and the Clippers uh, going down. But they can continue to stockpile those W's the rest of the way. And we'll talk to Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports on how they can do that on Friday. So a jam-packed week again next week of Lockdown Thunder. This is your only place for daily Thunder content. So follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles and be good and be good to one another.